Here we are now with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. Today I'd like to share with you my personal routine. And this is a good one to do because today, it's particularly good to do today because today I've completed the 45-day challenge, which means I said to myself, I've set up this routine and I am going to do it every day, no matter what, for 45 days. And today I completed it, so I feel quite proud of myself. I'm feeling quite prepped up and I've got a good amount of self-esteem in the give yourself a pat on the shoulder, Doster, this kind of feeling in me. And I thought I'd share with it share it with you because it's it's a bit of an elaborate routine and there are some principles that you can maybe use and experiment with or think about with your routine. So let's go through it. Basically what my setup is at the moment is I have my phone, which is my alarm, on the other side of the room. And that's very important. It's very important to make sure the phone is absolutely nowhere near you when you're in bed, when you're asleep. That goes for both when you're going to sleep and when you're waking up. And I have this these series of alarms that go off and I'm going out of my bed to turn them off and then to go back to do the next thing. And this happens every morning. So first alarm, 4.29 a.m. And that alarm says, turn the light on. So what I do is I get up, turn off the alarm, and turn on my light. I then go back to bed and sleep or snooze for 20 minutes. So the next alarm is 4.49 a.m. I get up again, and this time I walk across my room, turn off the alarm, and get dressed. And then I do one hour and five minutes of standing meditation. And basically what that is, is I just stand there with my eyes closed. And there's a little bit of qigong and nagong exercises in that. So there are small movements and there are these body posture positions and it's quite elaborate. That's a whole, that's a whole world of different techniques and and processes that I go into and I explore with. But in essence, I'm standing because I want to remain alert. And I want to do my meditation with an alertness, which is early in the morning. So if you're having trouble waking up in the morning to do your meditation because you fall asleep, well, try standing meditation, because that can help with your wakefulness. And I do this for one hour and five minutes. And you say, well, why not one hour, Dosta? Why one hour and five minutes? And why are these times? Like, why is it 4.29 a.m. and not 4.30? Why are these such specific times? And you'll see how they all add up, why we're doing this. And the reason I chose one hour and five minutes is, well, the one hour block is do things in one hour blocks. There's a sort of habit there or there's a tendency for us to think in one hour blocks and I wanted to break that up and I wanted to make it no just go a little bit more just go a little bit further and then of course sometimes I also need to go to the bathroom 
or something like that, I might have a different position or I might take a little one or two minute break. So that's why it's one hour and five minutes of standing meditation. And I don't need to set a timer for that because that's actually got an alarm which goes off one hour and five minutes after 4.49 a.m., which tells me to end my standing meditation. And after that standing meditation, I actually go back to bed. And in that time, and then for that next phase in bed, I have another one hour and five minutes of snoozing. And it's not really exactly snoozing, and it's not really exactly sleeping. It's more like meditation. It's more like an inner world exploration. And during that, there's also a whole range of different techniques which I'm experimenting with and working with. There might be concentration exercises. There might be body awareness techniques. Sometimes I do lucid dreaming or shadow work or encountering subconscious parts of of my inner world. Sometimes I do emotional work. I do heart meditation. Sometimes I do breathing techniques. So the snooze, the sleep after that stand is very different. It's got a totally different quality to it. And so that's like my extra another hour or so of meditation. And once that one hour and five minutes of snoozing is up. Well, the last alarm goes off and it's 6.59. So I get up, get dressed again, or if I'm dressed still, usually I, I'm, I'm dressing and undressing as I go in and out of bed. And then it's basically seven o'clock and I'm ready and it says start exercise. So I do my physical exercise. It's a gross body workout. And that's very simple stuff. It's just push-ups, squats, ab work, sometimes legs, these sorts of things. And then it's breakfast time. And that is the morning routine. That is the first few hours of my day every single day. Now, there there is some variations in it. So, for example, sometimes after exercise, I don't go straight back to, I don't go straight to breakfast. I actually go back to bed and have more of a rest or I sleep in afterwards. So you can ask yourself, is this a difficult routine? Is it a lazy routine? And, well, the answer is that it's both. Because to wake up at 4.49 a.m. and to stand dead still in the middle of your room takes a discipline. It takes a real step up to really commit to it. But then you also have this lie down where you have this snoozy sort of meditation, which is very easy. So the reason I designed this routine like this is to actually get over this whole thing of, okay, well, I have a routine, which means my alarm has to go off and I have to start my day with a bang. And I have to go straight from deep sleep all the way up to fully active and awake. And the first thing, and and if you're designing a routine like that, then the first thing you want to do is your exercise. You actually want to do the physical body first to get you moving and to get your heart rate happening. But I didn't want to do that. I didn't like that. There was something in me that wanted to explore the inner world with dreaming and with sleeping and with lucid dreams and these sorts of things. 
and I wanted to have a relaxation time. I wanted to have a an easiness to my day. I wanted to ease into the day. So this back and forth of getting up, turning the alarm off, up and down, dress, undress, it overcomes that. And it really sets a good tone for the rest of my day. And then for the rest of my day, so that's the morning routine and that's set, that's set in time. For the rest of the day, I have flexibility with what I do and for how long I each do things. And you can probably guess most of the things if you listen along often enough to me, the sorts of things I'm doing. For one, I'm doing the podcast. For another thing is I'm doing, uh, I'm reading books and I'm studying books. And then also another thing I'm doing is I'm swimming or I'm doing my meditative floating technique. And that's also a multitude of different versions of floating techniques and different floating meditations that are involved in water. And actually for this 45 day challenge, I've been swimming every single day, pretty much at the same time every day. Like usually after I have my breakfast, I work on the podcast and then I go out for a bit and I be in nature or I sit by the sea to do some more meditation and I do my swimming and I listen to some music. And basically I've done that every day. Sometimes I've been swimming twice. And sometimes I've been swimming at different times. Basically, that's my routine. And there are a bunch of other things that I do, but we'll keep that private because we like to have at least some privacy. And then we've got the other side of the routine. And this is a big category. This is a big component of it. And this is something every routine needs. And this is the abstinence category or the things you abstain from. And I was a bit relaxed with this. I didn't want to, at this stage, say, I will absolutely definitely not do any of these things no matter what. Because there is a resistance that can happen there, and it can go back and forth with uh, a craving. And it, you can create a craving by really resisting something very hard. So this category I called abstain, slash avoid. And this list is smoking, drinking, wanking, fast food and junk food, social media, and YouTube. Now, in the case of smoking, I haven't had a smoke at all for this challenge. 45 days, and even for longer. But it's something I put on there just to remind me, because smoking has been an issue for me in the past. Drinking? Well, drinking is okay with me. I don't have a problem with drinking. And actually, I believe I hadn't ha haven't had a drink in over 45 days. But I wouldn't mind a glass of red wine. If I was offered in a social situation a glass of red wine, then that would be okay with me. Now, wanking, the NoFap challenge. Actually, I haven't done that for this entire 45-day challenge and even longer. And I have had these uh, quite long streaks of no wanking. So that's something I'll continue. And it's not 
Also, that's all these things, now that the challenge is over, I'm not out doing them. I'm not falling back to them. But I'll elaborate more on what's happening next soon. But wanking has definitely been something that's an avoid. Now, for fast food, well, I love pizza. So <laughs> I have had a habit of having a pizza about probably about twice a week. And otherwise, I cook my own f- food. So fast food, pizza is my... What do you call guilty pleasure? My one cheat day, indulgence. My one indulgence. That's the that's the thing for it. That's the word for it. And then junk food. Well, I haven't had much of that either. So that would be like chocolates or things like that. Like my diet has been really. My diet's basically been squeaky clean for this whole 45-day challenge. I've just been basically on vegetarian diet. And actually, that reminds me, the other thing that I've been doing is intermittent fasting. So with this morning routine, I sometimes delay breakfast to about 8.30 or 9 o'clock. And then I've been doing dinner early, as early as possible. So 5 o'clock or four o'clock. Sometimes there have even been times when I've squeaked that back to like 3.30. So if I say to myself, don't eat before 8 a.m. and always have your last meal before 5 p.m., then I'm guaranteeing to get that full, those, that, those full hours, that full 18 to 20 hours of empty system, of total fasting. And... There's a lot of controversy around what diet is good and what to eat and when to eat. And I thought I'd just experiment with this one. And I thought I'd share that it's felt pretty good. Like I have had the feeling of hunger at certain times. And with a meditation practice, that's not been an issue. It's actually been something that can open up a lot of very deep energies when you're working with an empty digestive system. And also eating when you're not hungry can really open things up. So it's like a it's like a real deep massage to the metabolism, your metabolic system, to not eat when you're hungry and to eat sorry, to yeah, don't eat when you're hungry, but eat when you're not hungry. Yeah, that's right. I think you follow me. And it also just leaves time for things to go out of the system and to really be empty because it takes the full night for you to digest and then to go have it go out through your system and then to have some time to be sitting and doing the meditation practice with a fully a fully empty system, a, system, <laughs> a totally empty system. I shouldn't say fully, fully empty. <laughs> So that's another thing you can try, you can experiment with. And the other thing I eat is a lot of raw food, like a lot of nuts and a lot of fruits and things like that. And really my issue with metabolism is I've wondered if I've been getting enough calories, enough actual, enough stuff in me because I'm quite lean, I'm quite athletic in my build 
So the problem really for me is how to get more weight, not to lose weight. And I think it's been okay with this intermittent fasting. I think we'll see if there's any more changes in how my metabolism works. And then we also have on this abstinence list, social media. And I've done a little bit of that, but I have tended to stay away from it. And also YouTube is sort of in the same category. And I have also been using YouTube. I've been looking at certain videos, you know, some some of them are lighthearted. Some of them are sort of my comic relief. Some of them are like chess videos. I'm a real, I'm really interested in chess and I study chess. I'm not, I'm absolutely terrible at it. Don't, don't get me that I'm very good at it, but I just love studying, you know, the Queen's Gambit and the King's Gambit and the Roy Lopez and the London system and the VN Canchetto and the Sicilian defense and all these sorts of things. And I follow along with Magnus Carlsen and Nakamura and Pragananda and all these famous big, big name chess, chess grandmasters. And I watch their competitions every now and then. So that's something that I consume. And that's popular culture, I guess, that I consume. Well, it's sort of fringe culture. I don't know if it's popular culture. So that's a relaxed list at this stage. My avoid-abstain list is very much something that I contend with in a sort of give-and-take way in a case-by-case basis. And that's pretty much what I've done. And I've done that every day for 45 days. And I chose 45 days because... When we make a routine, it's easy to say, now, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do this over and over again. This will be my routine. This is my thing. And I'm going to do it every day for the rest of my life. And that's okay. You can take that attitude if it works for you. But I've found that if I choose a block of time and it's just 45 days, then I can say, well, if it doesn't work or there's something I don't like about it or if I really struggle with it, then after 45 days, I can stop it. And I can say, have no routine. And there is actually something very important in having no routine. Sometimes in life, you don't want to have a routine. Sometimes your schedule or your environment or your community and your involvement in certain activities is enough for you to be doing the good things for you without having to write them out and have alarms go off at certain times during the day. In that case, if you're, you've got that sort of lifestyle, you don't need this kind of routine. I chose this kind of routine because at the moment I'm in a lot of solitary. I'm having some, a lot of time alone. I've got a lot of free time to work on my things and I need to be making sure I'm being productive. And so that's why I chose 45 days. And you could say, well, why not 30 days? Why not 100 days? Why not one year? And I thought, well, 45 days is quite long. You can do 30 days. But it takes at least... It takes at least three weeks to really break into a routine. So you want to be doing minimum of 21 days. And if you're doing 30 days, then you're starting to really see the differences. And the other side of this is, well, 
is every day the same? Does it feel like every day is the same? And for me, of course, the answer is no. In fact, the opposite, the more I do this routine and the more I go into meditation, the more different every day feels. And even leaving aside the things that are variables and that are flexible in this routine, even the things that are the same every day, like the standing meditation or the snoozing meditation, they're very different. Very different things happen. Different feelings come up. Floating meditation, my swim every day is totally different. The whole atmosphere of where I swim is different. The temperature of the water is different. The quality of the water is different. The temperature of the air, the weather. So it's very important to be in nature for that reason. And it's very important to be sensitive to your inner world. To be seeing how every day is different. So that's it in a nutshell. And, well, the next question is, what next? And for some time during this routine, this challenge, I was thinking, you know, I'm going to have no routine. I just want to be done with this and I want to just just be a, be a slob, live like a cat for a bit and be lazy. But as time went on, I felt I was getting more and more juice from it. And now I'm thinking I want to do something really hardcore. I want to do an even more refined routine, an even more strict routine for even longer and to have an even more detailed set out of how it will work. And I'm thinking I will do something. I will do something quite epic and I might even do it in phases, make it even more complex to have different phases for different lengths of time. And there are a few things I still want to work out of myself. There are a few habits and little sort of junky things which I want to clean up. I want to sort of dust off the mind. Like things are working pretty squeaky clean at the moment, but I really just want to polish it off and make things just just like like I'm going for the superhuman, like the superhuman, like to, to, to be Superman and to get the the steam, like the self-esteem. And it's, it's not exactly self-esteem. It's not exactly motivation. When you're really doing deep things like these meditative practices and being in nature and studying really deep literature, it's not a matter of motivation. And it goes beyond self-image. It goes into, it goes into your essence. It builds a a core which you can rely on. And there are also dark things still in me that I need to resolve and I need to work on and I need to figure out what to do next and don't think that it's all sunshine and cherry blossoms because there have been some tough times in this routine, in this challenge. So... I don't, I'm not going to say what I'm going to do next and I won't be talking about my, my next routine challenge as I'm doing it. I'll have to wait until it's finished like I did with this one because don't, don't say what you're going to do until you've actually done it. Just do it. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a pretty loose rule. 
I mean, you can say, tell us what you're going to do and then we'll hold you to it, Dosta. So there's always that side of it. But I, I think for my decision, I, I'll what I'll do now is do my own thing and I'll tell you about it when it's complete. So don't expect any more information about my personal routine after this. So I hope that helps. Maybe that gives you some ideas. And you can see that there are variables that are flexible. You can see that the routine is designed for my own personal lifestyle. It's contending with the sort of commitments that I have, the certain things that I have going on in my life. And they're all different parameters to personal routine that you can change and, and work with to make sure that it's going to work. And you want to choose something that is not impossible. You don't want to make this elaborate, really difficult routine and then say, I will definitely do it no matter what. No, you want it to be just those few things that you know are good for you and you have been doing already, but you just need to hold yourself to. Because if you say, oh, I, I have a meditation practice and you're just walking around saying to yourself, oh, I really should meditate more. And you do it every now and then, you do it every second day, you do it at different times during the day. Well, then that's not the same as just saying, okay, 45-day challenge. I'm going to do one hour of meditation, or in my case, one hour and five minutes of meditation every day, no matter what. And just doing that, just creating a 45-day challenge for one thing can be very powerful. And then at the end, and, and during it, you can say, I'm not going to do this forever. I might become lazy again. Nothing wrong with being lazy. There's some lessons to be learnt in being lazy. I'm just going to do it for this 45 days, and when it's up, then I'll decide how I feel. Then I'll see what it's like. Then I'll see the difference. So thanks very much for allowing me to share these things, and I hope it gives you some ideas. I know everyone has very different lifestyles. Like if you've got kids well, then you're going to find it hard to have things at specific times of day. It might be that you do things for a spe specific length of time rather than a specific time of day. And if you've got work or whatever your job is or relationship commitments or whatever, then, well, if you're, if you're in a relationship, you can build a routine with your partner. That can be a very powerful intimacy building exercise and say, well, let's, let's make it really clear when our time apart is and our time together is. And let's choose some things that we do together. And I'll do some things off your list and you do some things off mine. And really think it through. And if you're doing a couple's one, you probably want to do, you know, start with something small. Just do it for a week. Just do it for an amount of time which is comfortable. That's just another idea. Okay, let's finish with a few minutes of silence. So if it's comfortable for you to do so, even if you have already done some meditation today, let's do a little bit more. I've done mine and I'm going to do a little bit more right now. So together we can sit down, close our eyes, 
and take a few slow breaths. And just relax. And allow yourself to be still. It might be that you're feeling motivated. It might be that you've got these ideas of what you want to do with your routine. Or you might be thinking about something completely different. And that's all fine. Just wait a moment to see how it feels to think those things. How does your body feel? And just take a moment to sit quietly and that's all I have to say for now.